It's Friday, December 17th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando, where it's a balmy 79 degrees. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And finally, he's back, the mogul, artist, producer from Nashville, Tennessee, Derek Miner. Hey, I just want to say I really, really missed y'all, and I want to say thank y'all for coming out to the uh, Relevant Derek Miner birthday special. You know what I'm saying? Cause <laughs> it's going down. Happy birthday to me! Is what? today your birthday right now? No, my birthday is I'm December Friday. 16th. So it's oh, it's sorry. the uh, it's, it's the, the birthday day, week. You know, it's a, but when you're black, you celebrate your birthday week. all week. <laughs> now it's the, like it's an unwritten rule in black culture that your birth really it's two weeks because it's the week before. The right. pregame and then it's the week right so to let you know and I ain't trying to put my people out here but you know if somebody called off sick for a week it's cause it's birthday week it's, just, it's, it's the actual it's birthday D- week D- it's birthday week D- Derek I know we've addressed this before of like receiving the combined Christmas birthday gift I know I know we've discussed that before yeah. and it's a, it's just a, the it's burden pain, of that it's growing a painful up. thing but, you know, knowing that, you know, for for you in particular, the birthday celebration extends beyond just the day of your birth. It is really a I feel like you got to bekend it with weeks like the week yeah, or the week exactly. before, or the week after all part Absolutely. of the cellar. It's, it's the like the build up and then kind of the, the you know, the coming down and, and getting ready for the next year. Just be honest right now. Just lay this out because I'm looking at your background right now uh-huh. and I don't see anything Christmassy back there. No. Do you it's have resentment for the... Put a garland so around string the of lights. String, lights. Lights. string of lights. First of all, I'm not putting no Christmas lights up in my studio. That's number one. Number two, yeah, I'm going to be real. Like this, this time of year, for me, you know what it is? It's being broke because... <laughs> My wife's birthday is in October. Uh huh. My oldest son's birthday is in November. Y'all did not you plan have, this out well. Then you have the holidays, <laughs> right? Then, and hey, you got Jesus t- getting born here. <laughs> right. right. You got Jesus Throwing another curveball in. <laughs> you got Hanukkah. You got all. You got Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. You got all that. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of it, for to add. A beautiful, lovely insult to injury, but it's a beautiful. It is when I, my youngest son was born on my birthday. So, no way. you share yes, a birthday with one of share, your kids. Yes. Well, actually, I was supposed to share a birthday with both of them. Nolan just came a month early, exactly. What? So, we would have wow. all been born on the same day. But Nolan, Nolan's a month, he came a month earlier. So, yeah. I always feel sorry for parents who that happens to like you because, you know, we all love our kids. Like, listen, they're they're gifts. They're joy. They are like God's precious things he's entrusted with us. But they Mm -hmm. take everything from us. Everything. And now they took your birthday. (laughs) They took my birthday. You don't even have a birthday anymore. They took my birthday. And... and yeah, they're what? encroaching on Jesus's birthday. So how do you like that, kids? Not only have you taken my birthday, this is serious encroachment on JC's. Okay, and we've already hashed it out, me and him, about this whole situation. We had a good thing going. Now they're getting born right now too. It's just complicating everything. I'm just saying. Look, if I'm just saying. I feel like it should be a national law that if your birthday is near Christmas, you can reprogram it to a different month. Like I could be oh, like, just pick a new birthday. I'm June 16th. I'm yeah. June 16th. That's what it is. So I can get the full experience. But now my wife does a good job. She, you know, it's, we celebrate, but I'd be Couples broke. need to just calm down in March. You know what I'm saying? Broke. Just, just. <laughs> hey, look, I, I was gonna keep a gangster with you. Those was post tour babies. Ah, no, that's what that's what that was. Ah, yeah. Coming off the road in March. <laughs> missed you, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's, funny. that's funny. I was talking to a uh, a Jewish friend the other day. Well, it was Hanukkah a lot, you know, a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just asking about what they do to celebrate Hanukkah and their family and stuff. 
And then I was talking about getting ready for Christmas with, with Cohen. And she was like, listen, if you need a Jewish auntie to sit your kid down and say that there ain't going to be presents this year, she's like, you guys get it all wrong. I said, well, I thought on Hanukkah, eight days, I thought there was like a gift each day for the kids. And it's like a little Mm -hmm. gift and it builds up to the big gift. And she goes, no, that's an American thing. She's like, Mm. she's Israeli Jewish. So she's like in Israel, Mm. Hanukkah is a religious, holy observance. It is not... Mm -hmm about obtaining gifts. And she's like, the American Jews, a lot of times have kind of like co-opted Christmas traditions into it because the kids see the same commercials and they feel Mm -hmm. left out. So she's Mm -hmm. like, but listen, we just need to change the narrative here. These are holy, you know, these are holy holidays. The focus should be on our faith, not on consumption. And we need to just like, course correct and i was like hey preach go talk to my 12 year old then i could celebrate my birthday that's what i'm saying that's what we do we make it a holy thing and then the presents are on your birthday we should go crazy on birthdays to celebrate each other you know here's the thing that works in the holy land okay (laughs) but here in the united states religion is a little bit different our preachers wear very expensive sneakers (laughs) we celebrate celebrate our faith by flaunting our consumption and (laughs) and materialism Okay, we're more we're more ta- we more take the three wise men route where we just roll up to the we holiday with gold, whatever frankincense and myrrh is. Like we're more their speed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, we like the we like the Floyd Mayweather of religion. You know, what I'm yeah. <laughs> like, we got the Rick Ross of religion. Just put up like, <laughs> <laughs> like, is it really Jesus's birthday if you're not going into debt for a PS5? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. These no. are questions. <laughs> these are questions for smarter men than I, and uh, you know. All right. Well, you know what you could do to celebrate Christmas this year is go to the movies because our Mm. guest today has a big movie coming out on Christmas Day. Our guest today is Zachary Levi. He is in the new uh, Kurt Warner biopic. He plays Kurt Warner, by the way. And uh, you Mm. may know him as Shazam. You may know him as Chuck. Zach, back in the day, back in like 2007, was on the cover of Relevant. So it's cool, kind of full circle. Zachary is actually in the brand new digital issue of Relevant, our winter issue release this week. And coming up on the show, we will tell you all about it. We are very excited. It is jam-packed full of A-list guests and amazing thing pieces. I can't wait for you to hear more. Uh, you can check it out at relevantmagazine.com for free. And that's coming up. Uh, Later, we also have relevant news. And hey, stay tuned. If you heard last week's show, uh, the question of the week, we got talking about, well, one of the one of y'all wrote in named Sayers Tames Bears and talked about that you, she could predict all of our ice cream flavors, our favorite ice cream flavors. And we hit her up to come on the show this week and work and show us that magic. She unfortunately is a teacher and could not come on our recording time, but and her, and she recorded her predictions <laughs> and sent it in. And so we'll see. We're gonna that's coming up at the end of the show as well. What did you say, Jesse? I said with bad priorities. How hard is it to be like, hey, children? <laughs> I've been I'm with you every day for a solid day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take five minutes and call in and do some ice cream predictions. Like, you sorry, is I she doing? Is she predicting my favorite ice cream? Yeah, yes. she basically she has a gift. She said her secret talent that nobody gives her flowers for, but she thinks deserves some recognition is that she has the ability that within a few minutes of meeting somebody, she can predict what their favorite ice cream flavor is. And so, she's met us because she listens. She to us listens every week. to the show. She oh, thinks she, she knows all of my favorite ice cream. I'm gonna tell hey, her. we'll I see. I can't we'll wait. See. It's coming she up later. Don't know it. All right. We'll move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Relevant News. You're listening to Earl St. Clair. The song is Christmas Without You. That is a jam. It is on the new, a very relevant Christmas playlist available on Spotify. We have four of them. We have Indie, Unplugged, Party, and Hip Hop. That is on the Party One Earl St. Clair 
great track go check it out it's one of our our christmas gift to you go over to spotify and search up relevant christmas and you will find them there well today's show is brought to you by uhsm are you tired of the rising costs of healthcare? we are which is why we're excited to tell you about uhsm unite health share ministries or uhsm is a christian health sharing ministry that will put your health first health sharing is not insurance the programs at uhsm are member-based fellowships where faithful people can take charge of their own health care. UHSM offers different programs to meet any and all of your needs. They also offer telehealth options, so you can access health care at the touch of a button. For more information, head over to uhsm.org or contact a representative at 1-800-900-8476. Again, that's uhsm.org for more info or contact a rep at 800-900-8476. Okay, it's time for... Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor, Tyler Huckabee, uh, covering the intersection of faith and culture. What's going on, Tyler? Okay, lots going on this week. Uh, Lots of things that I thought we were going to talk about, but there was one thing that really took preeminence because, uh, and and I think actually a ton of you actually noted this on social media. They they wanted to make sure, you all wanted to make sure that we were aware of this news and we are aware of it. We're going to talk about it today. And that is the new trailer for an upcoming Nicolas Cage movie that we really do need to discuss in as much detail as we can get into in 10 minutes. Now, Jesse, I know you know what I'm talking about. Cameron, I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Well, Derek you sent Jamie, it to me you... yesterday. I, I, when I, I sent it to you, Cameron. When I saw the a Nick Cage movie trailer, I just rolled my eyes and he's like, you need to watch this. And My I son cannot, told me about this last night. I cannot tell you how <laughs> right he was. This is unbelievable. Okay, it, I haven't seen it. It's true. So we so we will we I'm, we're going to play a clip here, but in order to understand what's going on in this clip, I, I need to give you a little bit of background on this movie that is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. This movie stars <laughs> Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage. He is doing double duty, playing himself in two separate roles, both playing himself as modern day Nicolas Cage, and he is also playing a younger version of himself back when he was like the go-to like con air, the rock days, like, you know, Nick Cage uh-huh. at the bleeding edge of the box office, Nicholas Cage, Play and him, young Nicholas Cage's <laughs> razzing modern day Nicholas Cage please, for being sort of washed up and not please, being, you know, as, as cool, right? <laughs> as he used to be. And that is truly just the beginning of this movie. That is, that is not, that is not scratch yeah, the surface of where this goes. Let's yeah, go. play. Here's a brief clip. This is a so brief it's clip from the Cage trailer starring Nicholas Cage. Yes, Nicholas let's Cage go. I'm Nicholas ready Cage. for it. Yeah. I know it's in a hilarious. film about Nicholas right. Cage. So this is a brief. Cage. We'll play a brief clip from the trailer. This is Nicholas Cage talking to Neil Patrick Harris, who I, I believe is also playing himself in this movie. Here's a clip. <laughs> wow. Nick, you've been living at the Sunset Tower for over a year. They love having me there. You owe them $600,000. Okay, I'm going to deal with all that. But I'm going to get this next wrong. And when I do, all of that changes. Then I'm back. Not that you went anywhere. All right. Oh All right. So he's ta- so the role that he's taking in this movie is he is going to meet a drug lord in Mexico who is offering him a million dollars to come and hang out with him for a few days. And this drug lord is apparently a Nick Cage super fan who just wants to meet the guy. And things go very rapidly arrive from there. You can go watch the full trailer. Uh, we obviously have it posted at relevantmagazine.com where Let's we cover all the breaking Nicolas Cage movies. Let's and I was really watching this. Is there any other actor who would say, sure, I am down to play myself making fun of my current self for being like over the hill and, and like losing my, I don't think, I think Nick Cage might be the one and only actor who not only would want to, but is capable of reaching the depths of like spiritual and emotional honesty to fully inhabit the most difficult role he will ever play, which is obviously both himself and, and himself. So this yeah. is not a biography this is le- movie. This is, this is a movie. No. No. Yes. Right. no. Okay. It, yeah. This this, this, this is a, a yeah. A fictional movie. Got well, it. Well, as far as we know it's fictional. Like he could <laughs> like 
For all we know, Nicolas Cage did fly down to Mexico to hang out with the drug lord at some point in exchange for a million dollars. We don't well, that know. Could have been one of those questions from that game yeah. we played yeah. a couple a weeks ago. Week. It, yeah. It's entirely plausible that this is true. But I, I do. <laughs> OK, so, uh, you know, I, I do feel like a little context for, you know, if listeners are, are reasonably new to this show. You know, we did two fundraising stunts way back in the day. The first was I, I once subjected myself to 164 straight hours without a break, listening to the Nickelback catalog on a loop to raise money for charity water. Mm-hmm. The next year, we followed it up. Made international news doing that. Too. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was yeah. it was quite the experience. He was so playing the year, 24 hours a day, even while he was sleeping. His wife kicked him out and made him sleep in the guest room because he was playing Nickelback all night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and then I would wake up after after being in a fever dream of Chad Kroger <laughs> misogyny. Um, uh, wow! I would wake up at like five in the morning to start calling into morning radio stations across Canada and the United States to promote the challenge. That would yeah. go on for about five straight hours each morning of the week. Because to Cameron's point, a lot of people were interested. In the in the what the psychological effects of that stunt would be, but anyway, it was a big success. We raised a lot of money for charity water. So the next year, uh, we did Trapped in the Cage, where Cameron joined me uh, along with listeners who would come and actually physically sit with us yeah, while we, we watch Nicholas Cage. People flew uh, down from uh, Canada just to come no. sit and watch twenty four hours of Nicholas Cage movies with yeah, us. Yeah, and, and we just sat in a room and watched Nicholas Cage movies for twenty four hours, trapped in the cage. So there were t- the, so the y'all main didn't leave a room. You just had like snacks and just buckled yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. We just, rented just like uh, the movie theater popcorn machine, and we had snacks and stuff. Jesse and I were the only ones who lasted the full twenty four hours. People, yeah. There was a big wave of people sure. that left around three a.m. and another wave of people that showed up at like seven a.m. I'll tell okay. you that five a.m. Nicholas Cage window was rough. I will say this though: props you, had to people, stay, you had to stay up the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had webcams looking yeah, at webcams. Us, so people could, people yeah, go into oh. feed. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. People, were, people who were with us till three a.m. went home and got on the <laughs> webcam feed just to keep us accountable, and then like. <laughs> Man, it was rough. Oh, it was rough. I was amazing. just there for moral support. I felt bad yeah. for Jesse having to do it by himself. Well, well, well so, so here, here's here's kind of my greater point, and this is the context. Like, you know, with when we did the Nicolas Cage one, I was not worried. Like, if 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 it had gone like the same level of viral, and Nicolas Cage was asked about it. I would not I was not concerned at the least that he would be offended or that he would no. think this is like making fun of him because I feel like the thing about Nicolas Cage is as crazy as his persona is there's a degree of self-awareness to everything he does and he does mm-hmm. not he he doesn't appear to care about people kind of playfully uh of poking fun or making light of the persona that he's cultivated over his career he seems mm-hmm. now to actually be sort of enjoying it you know yeah, he'll show he up to movie screenings yeah. yeah like i yeah. remember he showed up to a movie screening of a nicholas cage movie marathon unannounced at the alamo draft house walked to the front of the theater and without prompting read in its entirety edgar Allan poe's uh the raven and then just walked out of the back of the theater like he just <laughs> seems to be in on just being the weirdo Nick, Nickelback, on the other hand, no, they were not. They were not self-aware, <laughs> and they no. were asked about it they numerous were. times. Uh, and they the were level touring of Australia. They were touring Australia yeah. at the time in a Sydney morning radio show that you know had Nickelback on to promote their their concert that night. Asked Chad Kroger about Jesse. And Jesse was on the line like he was going to yeah. be like, and here's the guy. And Chad Kroger was not he, amused he at shut all. shut it down. It, oh, and yeah. he, he actually accused me in the Daily Mail, which is a UK tabloid, yeah. of embezzling the money. He actually said, I heard this guy's <laughs> taking the money. And so like, so, but all that to say is this, like, if you're going to have the persona of just being like the most ridiculous artist in your field whether that's nickelback in you know modern rock <laughs> or nicholas cage in acting at least be self-aware about it have yeah. a little fun with it and then what's, nickelback- the movie t- what's the movie title name Tyler? the unbearable weight of massive talent oh the unbearable yeah. weight yes. of massive you know, talent you know, so right yeah. there i mean yeah right we get yeah. you nick yeah, yeah. but Loving i think that i love the self-awareness yeah. He's he's a nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, right? He's yeah, like he's a this Coppola, man is like yeah. Hollywood royalty. His uncle directed Godfather, all the Godfathers and Apocalypse Now. So he's like a very he comes with a lot of 
uh, he does come with an unbearable weight that he has completely separated himself from deliberately. He took on, he took the name Cage to put a little distance between him and Derek. Do you know where he got the name Cage? Nah, I'm yeah. I'm. I just looked it up. I'm like, wow. I didn't it's even Luke know Cage. this was his nephew. No, for real. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to be. He t- he decided to take <laughs> the Luke Cage name to give himself a little distance there. But now he's his own guy. Now he's I, very much his own. Thing. I had no clue that this was his uncle. This is crazy. I well, had, yeah. It, the, there's a great there's some great anecdotes about the Coppola winery where Francis Ford Coppola has this winery out in Northern California and he would bring all of his nephews and, and, and grandchildren in Sophia Coppola, Jason mm-hmm. Schwartzman and like, you know, there's a whole the whole Coppola crew. Jason Schwartzman has a great anecdote. They were like, well, would your cousin Nicolas Cage come? They're like, oh, yeah, he would always come. But he was insane back then, too. And we were like, crazy <laughs> Uncle Nick Cage is coming to, to in our little winery theater productions. But, yeah, I think it's great, man. I, I'm, I'm all for Nick Cage. I can't just wait. being Nick Cage. Can't wait. It comes out in April. April of next year. Oh, we have to wait so long. Day. Opening oh, day. Well, that, hey, we're bringing you the bleeding, the cutting edge of That's entertainment right. news. I would say the the intersection of faith and culture, but there's probably no faith element to this. It's just great. Well, just we culture. have faith in Nicolas Cage. Faith yeah, in humanity that this is <laughs> made. <laughs> that it's restores that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tyler. There's a lot more that we're covering. Uh, follow Relevant on all the socials and make sure that RelevantMagazine.com is part of your daily web browsing. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Emily joins us. and We actually tell you about the new issue of Relevant. listening to john mark mcmillan the song is make you feel my love well i said at the beginning of the show it's a big week here at the old relevant media group uh our winter digital issue is out now uh if you've been following along for the last 20 years of our existence we had a print magazine for 17 of them went on hiatus uh right around covid and rethought our strategy moving forward. And now are fully in that new era where we have four digital issues for free, long form magazine journalism. And, uh, and, it's all, and it all culminates with an annual print edition, perfect for coffee tables, which is in pre-order now. It'll be shipping in January, our very first edition of our annual edition. Uh, but our winter digital issue, 21-22, released this week. And joining us to tell you all about it for a couple of minutes is our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee, who's still here. Howdy. And our associate editor, downtown Emily Brown. Hey. Hey, y'all. Hey. Are you saying hey, y'all, to me and Tyler or to the listeners? Who's the (laughs) y'all in that sentence? Um, Well, y'all is you all. And Uh in Texas, y'all is not necessarily just plural. You can use it like singular use. So you and me, we we have a meeting and I'll be like, hey, Emily. And you go, hey, y'all, to me? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think Texas are misusing it. I'm from, I'm in the South. Anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> you guys did an amazing job uh, putting together this issue. I will say this, publishing, you know, uh, well, this is issue 108. So officially 108 mm-hmm. issues of Relevant Magazine over the years. Um, this is probably the most star-studded lineup that we've ever put together we we always have stars but to have so many of them uh, and not knowing how to properly market all of them is is a new and wonderful challenge so thanks for making the creative team's life difficult on this issue (laughs) by chalking it full of too much amazing stuff that's an embarrassment of riches in this issue there you go (laughs) great problem to have uh, well, what we want to do for take a couple minutes and just tell you guys a little bit behind the scenes on the issue, uh, a little bit of what you can expect. Uh, you can go over to relevantmagazine.com, click on the magazine tab, and it's available right there for free uh, that you can read everything you're going to hear here. But since, you know, I, I just want, I like, I like lifting the veil. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, letting people in on the process a little bit. So first things first, we'll kick it off the cover uh, story is with none other than Hollywood A-lister Andrew Garfield having kind of a moment this year. Sure. He seems like he's in 
a bunch of amazing projects. I mean, he was in Jim Baker, and he's <laughs> Spider-Man, and he's uh-huh. in Tick, Tick, Boom. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we talked to, we sit down and talk to Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I, I got to talk to him, and this is, he he really is, and this sounds like something that you're just kind of supposed to say, but I do mean it. He's really one of my favorite celebrity interviews that you can get. He's just, he's such a thoughtful, interesting person. And uh, you're, there's never a wasted question with that guy. When, when you ask him something, he really takes his time and he delivers really thoughtful responses. And And I've been thinking a lot about what he told me uh, from our conversations. I could not, really could not at this moment for the right now have a better guy on the cover than Andrew. We also have a couple of A-listers coming out with new movies this Christmas. Uh, Denzel Washington yeah. talks to us about his faith. Mm-hmm. Man. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he got, he, he is such a, he, he was, I was, I don't get intimidated too much or too easily. Was a little intimidated to be it, just even on a, you know, this wasn't a person, this was over a screen. It was a Zoom situation. But man, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of somebody who just has total and complete confidence in who they are. That's Denzel Washington. And, uh, and, but talking to him, he was, he was very, very gracious. He was exceedingly humble. It was actually something that we did, talked about a little bit. And, uh, and I really appreciate He's proud of how humble he he's, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he said, direct quote, most humble person in this entire conversation between <laughs> <laughs> you That's the headline. That's, yeah, that's how we ran with it. We ran with it. <laughs> the world's most humble person. His new movie. Yeah. He's obviously in, uh, in Macbeth, the Joel Cohen adaptation of the Shakespeare play. And he also directed a journal for Jordan, which is out on Christmas day. Man, crazy. Uh, also coming out on Christmas day is the new film starring Zachary Levi. Uh, some of you may know Zachary Levi as, as uh, Shazam. Some of you may know him as Chuck from NBC days. Uh, but he's now playing uh, his hero, uh, Rams quarterback, NFL quarterback, Kurt Warner, and, and a biopic about his life. Yeah, it was really exciting to talk with him. Um, it was funny because uh, I'm admittedly not a huge football fan, um, but it was really, it, I mean, I'm definitely interested in seeing this film, even though I'm not, you know, like I said, not a big football fan. But what was really surprising was he is so genuine with his faith that this might've been the easiest interview I've ever done because it did not take really any prompting for me to get him to talk about his faith. And that was just really refreshing to see someone who's so big in Hollywood, but just genuinely has um, this like heart for the Lord and like wants to share that Mm -hmm. with audiences. And so um, it was really great. And he's just, he's a very inspiring person. Definitely. Years ago when he was in his Chuck heyday, he was on the cover of relevant. And uh, I remember he was the first by a second um, true A-lister to invite us into their home. And we did the photo shoot for the cover story at his house. And I mean, I remember he crawled out on the roof. Uh, He, I mean, like he just, he was, he was just game. He just had, we had a great time with them and it was an amazing cover story. Yeah, but you're right. He's nice, open and very open about his faith. Very, very cool. You know who else uh, you mentioned uh, that you're not a huge football fan. You know who else is not a huge football fan? Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is in the issue. I'm gonna, I don't know. I just are we gonna leave that transition in there? Are we not... gonna roll with that one? Yeah, why not? Like why it, not? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know, I know if he's a football fan. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, but I assume he's probably not. He's more interested in, in the creative yeah, arts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we talked. To, we talked interests. to the one and only. The one and only. Yeah, he's one of the busiest. Man. He talks in the piece about like literally his oh year has been um, editing this movie during the day and at night I'm writing songs for this movie uh-huh. and I man how this guy keeps pumping out great art I have no idea and for him to talk about, he talked about that and like the humble beginning you know he started he didn't come from a family that was a that had a he wasn't one of those like legacy guys who got into Hollywood through a mm-hmm. through a, an open door he was turning it out as a as a waiter while writing a play and now he's now he's Lin-Manuel Miranda and him revisiting that journey super interesting and, and I would say honestly too very inspiring. You know, we don't have a lot of musical theater in the magazine, so that's kind of new for us. Also new for us, we don't have a lot of HGTV stars in the magazine, <laughs> but we do this issue, Leanne Ford. Hey, I, I'll tell y'all, I'm a, I'm a HGTV fan. I've home reno, home design. I love that stuff. I, you know, Leanne Ford's my favorite personality on the mm. channel because she's actually got like this really cool kind of mid-century modern style about her, which is not common on that channel. And uh, so I've always been a fan of her aesthetic 
And then to find out she's got this strong faith and, you know, we talked to her is really cool. I remember you said, I, I went to you, Cameron, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I think we have an opportunity. Somebody from HGTV reached out and they're offering us somebody. And I was ready to like put it in the no thanks pile. And you're like, yeah, we didn't really get into that. We don't really do a lot of HGTV unless it's this one person. And unless, unless it's, it's Leanne Ford. Ford. Yeah, and I was like, like I if it's Leanne Ford, it is. It, so, uh, so, it is Leanne Ford. So, yeah, yeah, we agree. We agree. <laughs> and I'm glad we did because it ended up being, it was, it was really, really good. And I really did. She is. She's very, very good. As somebody who doesn't know a lot about that world, her designs are amazing. Like really cool to look. Like I really mm-hmm. enjoyed doing the research for. She it. did give some good life advice. Yeah, yeah, good life. Advice. <laughs> she helped you with your home reno project that you're working on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, her story is cool too. Just like moving back home to Pittsburgh uh-huh. and just kind of like like pouring herself into that community and those homes is really neat. Anyway, um, we have, you know, we're known for music and culture and stuff. We have some great artists, St. Motels in the issue. Shad, who we've been fans of for Love years Shad. and great hip hop up in Canada. Uh, in fact, here's a, here's a clip of uh, Shad's new uh, album. Canada heat getting hotter than a Panama beach in a Canada goose. He can of Canada uh, beef. Who's speaking Canada's truth? Who's standing for peace? I'm from the home of the slaves in Atlanta was tea. Lot of broken and lost souls on this planet of freaks. Just throwing that in there to kind of like, you know, tease y'all. If you want to go read the the conversation with Shad. Now, it was a good conversation. Uh, his album was great. Smart guy. Yeah, we also have Brandon Lake, another artist we love in uh, in the issue, um, and and we have some think pieces. I mean, obviously it's a new year, so we talk how to be kind of a new you in the new year. A lot of us are thinking about that this time of year. Uh, we talk about mental health and faith. And speaking of faith, we talk about deconstruction. Uh, this has been a topic online a lot. If you follow Tyler on Twitter, you know that this has been a topic online a lot, and and, and it's like deconstruction doesn't mean that you're just throwing the baby out with the bathwater with your faith. It can actually be a very healthy and strengthening part of your faith journey. Um, And that's what we talk about with deconstruction in this issue. If that's something you're starting to ask those big questions, read that piece. I definitely want to read that piece on the uh, positive church note side. We have a piece on all these churches that are making the news because they're working in their communities to end medical Mm -hmm. debt. It's a crazy trend and we love it. And we, spotlight it in the issue. We talked to Kirsten Powers, a political pundit on uh, how to have grace for the people that are hard to like in your life. Uh, Maybe a very timely conversation for people uh, dreading Mm -hmm. holiday conversations at home. Um, And we also talked to author Dante Stewart uh, on moving past racial reconciliation. Like what's next? Okay. America has been talking about this for a year or two now. Now what, where do we go? And he is a brilliant in his, uh, what he has to say. Dante. Yeah, it's a great collection of content. It's it's what you've loved from Relevant for the last 15 years, this long-form, thoughtful content at the intersection of faith and culture. And uh, man, this issue is just one one for the book. So go check it out. Uh, you guys did a great job. Thank you for everything you poured into it. Uh, listeners, go check it out. It's at relevantmagazine.com. Click on the magazine tab and it's available for free. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, Zachary Levi joins us. You're listening to 116, uh, Tadashi, Cass, and No Big Deal. The song is Okum. It is also, like all the music you're hearing these couple weeks, on our relevant Christmas, a very relevant Christmas Spotify playlist. Go check it out. Well, our guest today is none other than Zachary Levi. He's the actor you know from Chuck and movies like Disney's Tangled and, of course, Shazam. He's starring as NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner in the new movie American Underdog. It comes out on Christmas Day. We sat down with him to discuss how his faith played a huge influence in taking on this role and how a message of hope is something we all need to hear right now. Here is our conversation with Zachary Levi. Football. Tell me about that. As long as I have a ball in my hands, I feel alive. Kind of like how I feel right now. I'm staying here. I got work to do. Work? The NFL's not going to draft some dude from the 1AA school in Iowa. I called every team in the NFL. No one's interested. Can I get one of your applications? I promised that I would take care of you and the kids. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. 
this is your dream, don't give up on it. Okay, well, uh, I'm really excited for this movie. Um, and I'd really like to know what drew you to this role. Oh man, I mean, so many things. Um, <clears throat> Uh, unemployment was one <laughs> that was a, a, a huge draw no um no uh well listen i mean you know a, a few moons ago when i was slightly younger and kurt was slightly younger i was watching all this play out in real time i mean it was very inspirational uh, particularly as a you know person of faith you were like oh my gosh like look at all this cinderella story playing out and you know and and the uh, acknowledgement that he gives to his faith and and to god and i don't know it was just it was very powerful it was very cool Everybody, you know, whether you were a person of faith or not, it was still like this insane, you know, story. Most people have a version in their uh, in their mind, some idea of who Kurt is or who Brenda is or who their kids might even be. But this movie, I think, really helps you to build so much more empathy for their whole journey of where they were, where they really were, how much they were struggling, scraping change out of, you know, uh, uh, car doors to go get gas. I mean... You know, these are things that, by the way, are not all that uncommon. There are a lot. I mean, I was doing that at one point in my life. A lot of people do that in their life. And I think that's why this movie, part of the reason why it resonates so much, because it's, you know, it, it shows the struggle. It shows the struggle of being working class and middle America. And, you know, it's a love letter to all that. It's saying, like, we acknowledge that. We see that. And, and also, don't give up on that passion, that dream, that, that, that vision that God gave you. Like, you know, Kurt, when he was a kid and he knew, he knew that he knew that he was going to be that. Kurt Warner, you got the whole package, kid. The world just needs more time to see it. He came up with this whole arena concept. Arena football. It's like a circus. People love the circus. I like the circus. When I was a kid, I knew that I knew, like, I knew that God was like, you're going to be an actor one day. I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. And I am. But it was also partly because I never, I tenaciously, I never gave up on it because I, I really, really believed that. I believed in that promise or that, 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 that feeling or that, you know, whatever that vision or whatever that dream is. And I also believed in myself. I believed that I had that, those talents. I could, I could, I, they, I could, I could sense them in myself and I could, and they were, they were, uh, validated to me every time I would do a play or musical or do something. And I would have people come to me and say, you, You've got a talent for this. And I knew that that was always God talking through somebody else, encouraging me along the way. And Kurt had some of those people too. And he also had to go through a lot of people who didn't have any faith in him and keep pursuing and, and persisting. So all of that stuff, all of that makes it something that, you know, you want to do. You know, you mentioned that this story kind of gives a different side of Kurt that a lot of people don't know. So was there anything that you learned about Kurt while you were going through this that surprised you or just was kind of shocking to you? Yeah, I mean, I learned that he hated country music for a long time, which, I mean, I, who is this person? <laughs> I mean, I could sing almost word for word all of Garth, Garth Brooks' greatest hits. I'm not lying. I love me some country. That guy. He does like country now, though. Brenda got him. Um, no, you know, honestly, I learned, <clears throat> I learned a lot about just who he was. You know, I, again, the public knew, we all knew the football side of the story. You, you know that stuff for the most part. You know, you could bullet point it. There were lots of interviews and stuff given at that time. But to actually get into the nitty gritty of like, you know, the, the various, you know, moments, particularly between him and Zach, Brenda's son, and then, and he and Brenda, and all of their backstory and her parents and them struggling together and his relationship with his mom and his father and all, all of these things, you know, you learn so much more. I mean, it's, it's just, it's more empathy, right? The more we learn about, the more we walk in another's shoes, the more like, all you're doing is going, oh, I see you more as a human being. The thing that we all ought to be doing far more of right now. Like we, we need so much more empathy. It's actually one of my favorite things about being an actor is that it really, it, it, it's kind of hinged on, it's, it's the, cr the crux of your job. You got to figure out what it means to be an entirely different person and bring them to life as the hero in their own journey, even if you're a bad guy. Because every villain is the hero in their journey somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for me, I wasn't playing a villain. I was playing this, you know, super awesome guy who has such great conviction and, uh, and stick-to-itiveness and, and again, faith in himself, the, uh, the drive in him, never giving up and always like walking that in integrity. And that was really cool i loved i believed a lot of that of him i didn't know that and then to see that all of that kind of you know in the script and and be able to hang with curtain like curtain brenda are friends of mine now like it's so it's so cool all my life i've defined myself through sports i've 
always come up empty. Coach, I can win for you. You need to start thinking about life after football, son. We gave you the chance. We're letting you go. Uh, what is something that you hope, you know, when audiences see this, what do you hope that they walk away from this, like, you know, taking from this movie? Yeah, um, hope, inspiration overall, you know, however, look, I, I, I think movies always have an opportunity, whether, whether they're real life Cinderella story biopics or complete fiction, we, they all have the opportunity to inspire, to, to generally inspire audience goers to do something, whether it means to inspire them to go create themselves or inspire them to be a better person or inspire them to have more faith or inspire them to have deeper hope, whatever that is, I want people to walk away with some manner of inspiration uh, when, when they when they leave this film. But I do think a lot of that will come in the form of of hope, of being able to recognize that as much as sometimes we would love to believe that we know and should be in control of the timing of our life, that's just not true. It's not. And it doesn't matter what faith you are or if you are of no faith at all. It, it, that's true of everyone. Nobody gets to time this stuff out. But what is true is that a lot of that journey like you know uh like in um you know toward the end of the film when dick vermeil is talking to kurt and he's like you know how long were you out there in the wilderness and and uh you know away from the game like like kurt was like he he should have gone from college in the nfl and that didn't happen so it was that, then it was in the wilderness and what, what what was he what was he doing out there like god what am i doing out here and god's just like just trust me just keep on that path, because you're about to learn some stuff that you didn't know, and you weren't going to learn it anywhere else. And that's, I think, one of the biggest takeaways of this movie. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> we all think, you know, what, what is it? We make plans and God laughs. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's that simple. And he, because he had to go through some other trials and tribulations, it, it helped him become a better man and, a, and therefore a better quarterback. Kurt Warner out of the Arena League. It's one of those stories that's too good for the movies. The perfect guy here. He was bagging groceries five years ago. You go out there and you show the world what I've known all along. You that was Zachary Levi. You can read more uh, from that conversation in our new winter edition of Relevance, available now. Relevantmagazine.com. Go check it out. It's free. Stay tuned up next. It's your feedback and a very special eh, surprise. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Or the fields we go. You're listening to Lauren Dangle. Song is Jingle Bells. Okay, well, it's time for your feedback. But like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we have a little a little follow up to last last week's uh, feedback segment. So, uh, Sarah's Tames Bears. What's her real name, Clark? Sarah Fitz. Sarah Fitz, listener Sarah Fitz. Hey, Sarah, thanks for listening. Uh, she was unable to join us live, but she did send in ice cream predictions. This apparently is her great skill that she thinks she deserves more recognition for. And so we're giving her the opportunity of blowing our minds. Here's how we're going to do it. She recorded individual predictions. So we'll tee it up. We'll, we will give our answer and then play her prediction. So then you guys will see, you know, so we're not influenced by what she says. So uh, Clark told me that I am up first. Uh, my favorite ice cream, I got to be honest with you, I haven't had ice cream in probably 15, 20 years. Uh, but back then, maybe last time I had it, Rocky Road would maybe be the oh. one. Rocky uh, Road? I don't know. All right. So, Clark, let's play her first clip. Let's hear the prediction that she has for me. Hi, my name's Sarah. You might also know me from social media as Sarah's Tames Bears. I wish I could tell you that there is some really cool background story with that, but there's not. Um, I just came there up is. with it when I was 17 and based off of my nickname, which is Sarah's, short for Sarah, chose it and I've been using it ever since for everything. So anyway, I did also listen to Friday's podcast episode and I totally agree. I think Sarah's Tames Bears should be a children's book. So, without further this. ado, I will get into it. All right, let's go. I'm going to start off with Cameron. 
I think that Cameron is a mint and chip kind of guy. Usually, the mint and chip people are very exacting. They're very orderly. Um, They try to be precise with things. Mm. And when it comes to parenting, they can be a little bit on the strict side. So, mint and chip, orderly human, that's what I think about Cameron. This well, is like the uh, Enneagram ice cream lady. I like, I like her thought process. She just doesn't know me because if she oh, saw my house. No, she said me. If she saw my parenting style, I'm like, I grew up in a strict home. So the pendulum swung the other way. So I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I like her thinking though. Yeah. To your point, Jamie, I think he is a rocky road, but he definitely has a mint chocolate chip wing. For sure. I she was talking me into it. I'm like, yeah. I would probably <laughs> like men chocolate like, I do chip. love this. Yeah, yeah. No, that was great. Okay. Who's up next, Clark? Uh we got Jamie. Jamie, oh, yeah. what's your favorite ice cream? Well, I was telling you guys I feel sorry for Sarah because I don't know that I like have a favorite ice cream that I could just say off the bat and I'm like you Cameron I don't really like ice cream that much but if I were going to walk into an ice cream store and get a little ice cream I would get something with peanut butter in it that's what Ooh. I would do so uh, there's, okay. there's that okay, okay. peanut butter saying? ice cream situation the next one I'm going to go for Jamie so I think that Jamie is a salted caramel ribbon kind of person I think that she's ribbon. the kind of person who is a friend of the people. That's our salted caramel people. They really are all about community. They're all about helping others succeed. And they're very group focused. They're also the kind of person where if you're having a party and you invite them over that, you know, you tell them don't bring anything truly. Like you just bring yourself. They're for sure going to bring something just because they can't not like contribute. So I think that that's Jamie, a salted caramel ice cream person. This is hilarious, you guys. I, I think Sarah needs her own. Like, you know how like, <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> making any judge, any statements. But you know how like astrology was having a moment like a year yeah, ago. I felt like we horoscopes just said, I do. Yeah. But, like she could be if she launched a podcast that was just her breaking down personality types associated I'm with. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Hey, I'm on there. Okay, the funny thing is about the salted. The reason I like peanut butter is because I'm more of like a, a salty type. Like I like chips over ice cream, uh-huh. and the peanut butter gives that to me. So look, she was kind of maybe ten percent right. Hmm. There All you right. go. All right, who's next? All right, we got Derek. Oh, Derek, Lord. what's your favorite ice cream? Here we go. You're an ice cream guy too. I'm a I'm a bougie person, so I you know what I'm saying. My you did joint, say it I, has to be a flavor that like anyone could oh walk yeah, in. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I'm gonna have to. So I'm gonna just say, and it's this process gonna throw her for a loop. She if she get this one, I don't know. Butter pecan. I really like butter Ooh, pecan. Butter pecan. Yeah. I do like. Butter. Next person is Derek. I think that Derek is a chocolate chocolate person so chocolate fudge I am or chocolate, chocolate sure. peanut butter <laughs> kind of ice cream person and the reason I think that is that chocolate peanut butter slash chocolate ice cream person people are very all or nothing they're go-getters they're work hard play hard kind of people if they're gonna do ice cream they're gonna do ice cream so I don't think that there's any like oh just like have some vanilla whatever it's like no if we're doing it we're doing it. And I think an that's experience. Derek. I like that. See? Butter Pecan's doing it. I, I mean, yeah. If, Sarah. If y'all don't tell me, this girl told me I like chocolate because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, I take it back about that podcast. But nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, you can cut it no, if it's, if it's gonna be not. embarrassing. If it's gonna be embarrassing, cut it. But I thought that was I. I, I can't miss an opportunity to make things awkward and funny. That, that's just really uh, that's like that's great. like my spiritual gift. I'm sorry, I think Sarah but, can take it. Yeah, Sarah, yeah, hey, funny. Sarah, I love you, baby. <laughs> Sarah's so hilarious. Funny. But I like I her thinking you, though. I like her yeah. thinking. Yeah. Like you're a, right. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. Yeah, you know, that's like, a fact. Yeah. I'm like very, mu- I'm very much like I'm very much that way. But honestly. Chocolate, like dark, extra chocolate. Now, I rock with the peanut butter, though. I ain't gonna lie. I mess with peanut butter a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not a big chocolatey guy, though. Hmm. Honest. Hmm. But, but, but I do like about your actual answer and her reasoning is that mm-hmm. it's a thing of like, 
if I'm going to do this, I'm oh, going to yeah. have something got, special. Yeah. You know, you know, she got me down to the science because mm-hmm. I'm bougie. So you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. look, for sure. Good. Yeah, she All got right. me down. Yeah. If I'm going to eat, that's why. That's why I don't really eat a lot of fast food because I'm like, if I'm going to eat a burger. I want mm-hmm. something locally made by this guy who like this job is his only thing he has. Mm. He's mastering burgers. And that's that's the burger I want to eat. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah, she mm-hmm. got me. She shout out to Sarah, you know what I'm saying? I like it. All right. So Jesse's the last one. What's your favorite ice cream? I mean, I, I I'm always a big vanilla bean. I love vanilla, but I think if I had to say a favorite, I'm gonna go cookies and cream because vanilla with Oreo, mm. right? I mean, yeah. who doesn't like Oreo? Mm. I can I can mow down a sleeve of Oreos with, that, with, with with in, in a heartbeat. So cookies and cream, I'm gonna go with. And last but certainly not least, Jesse. I think that Jesse is a um, vanilla birthday cake kind of person and i think that because these people are fun they're whimsical Mm. they're kind of like off the walls we'll try anything once another thing to know about these people is over the age of nine slight possibility that they are a raging sociopath so i'm not saying this is you you know that's neither here nor there if you have a person like this in your life you know maybe maybe do a double look okay but for the most part these people are fun they're awesome great humans oh i I didn't know sarah why you doing that to sarah she said when i thought she was gonna zag there for sure hey she Look, that's like one of them M. Night Shalomon twists. You know? <laughs> she's, like, she's like, listen, it's full of whimsy. Full of whimsy. And Jamie's you know. fun at a party. Jesse's a psychopath. And Derek's black. That's basically what she said. <laughs> Jesse, what do you think about her making that podcast still? Sarah, yes. Yes. Make the podcast. Make the podcast. Fun, but uh, if this person isn't a child, they're likely a sociopath. So, you know, it's Jesse and Donald J. Trump are sitting there enjoying their birthday cake batter like a couple, you know, lunatics. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Listen to your homeboy, Derek. Go on, start your your podcast. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you. This is amazing. This is amazing. That was funny. Everyone's positive. Like Derek's a go-getter. Cameron's orally. You know, Jamie's like this community oriented. Oh, and one's a psycho. Straight up sociopath. As he's gotten older, his ability to know the difference between right and wrong has totally vanished. He is a straight up clinical definition of a sociopath. Because he likes birthday cake ice cream. Because this sicko, this sicko who is is somehow not institutionalized is out there just eating birthday cake ice cream. Going to Dairy Queen. Like a pu- yes. like the public menace that he is. Yeah. <laughs> is it danger to himself and society with all this birthday cake? These are meant for birthdays, not all year round. Only a sociopath <laughs> yeah, would yeah, indulge yeah. outside yeah. of their birthday week. Yeah, that's right. And that was a Barry Sanders juke, and I ain't gonna lie, she juked that. <laughs> I was like intently listening. I was intently listening. I was like, oh, oh no. what, you know, what, what little, you know, flattery. Well, oh I, wait, this person is, is oh. not yes. well. Not well. I want to know from That's her. Of she good said belly laughs. she came up with Sarah's Tames Bears when she was 17. That was her, her social media name. And she just rolled with it. She's well into her adulthood now. And she's stuck with this. Something from seventeen that made her laugh, or some story, or something like that. I I love those. The people who still have that email address that they set up, or the Mm -hmm. AOL, or whatever. You know, I love that. I want to know the story behind Sarah's Tames Bears. I want to know what happened to seventeen. (laughs) <laughs> Who cares? She fell out your good graces, bro. Hey, she slandered she me. Was a quick she turn. slandered me. She Listen, slandered though, me. Every, t- every time one of our predictions was read, <laughs> Jesse's smile just got bigger and bigger, anticipating his prediction. Uh, like it was uh, every time he's like, "Oh yeah, gracious. I can't wait for mine." <laughs> 
let's be honest, we're surprised this person isn't in prison right now. <laughs> yeah, because what kind of psychopath would be eating birthday cake ice cream when it's not their birthday? I love that. Yeah, it's rationale. all about you and your birthday. Isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, hey, Jesse, we, I just watched the wind go out of your sails. <laughs> <laughs> jaw drop. Who is it this person? Like... Who is this person? <laughs> oh man! We, look, we both right, looked well... at. Oh, I'm sorry. We both looked at each other. When she said vanilla, was like, yeah, yes, yes. She got it. She's she getting it, man. She knows it. me. She, she knows so me, guys. <laughs> this is the only one that's been really close. Like she gets me. What does she have to say? You Unpack felt this, so Sarah. Seen, Jesse, you were like, I feel seen today. Yeah, last time I last time I checked, Sarah, me and Graham didn't make people feel bad. So maybe <laughs> check your methodology. You're the sociopath, Sarah. Oh, All right, well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, <laughs> last week, we asked you, what's something that you watched or enjoyed as a kid that you realized meant something different as an adult? Uh, not a ton of you wanted to fess up, but there's a few mm-hmm. replies. And uh, here's a few of our favorites. Well, this one isn't really, I don't think he, (laughs) it was more a revelation of why is his parents letting him watch this later in life. But the couple scenes uh, that involved um, Clark Griswold, uh, uh, let's just say flirtatious ways um, Mm -hmm. that were not appropriate for children. Uh, Brendan Sprinter didn't realize till later in life, like maybe I shouldn't as a child be watching this. I say this as a parent who just watched Christmas Vacation with their 86 year old, but <laughs> fair point, Brendan. Maybe I am a sociopath. <laughs> Bethany said that she's watched Breakfast at Tiffany's hundreds of times since her childhood and then only recently realized that Holly is a call girl. I don't think I knew that. I've never even seen that movie. I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Well, actually, uh, from there, your answers got a little off the rails. Not not safe for little ears. So we're gonna uh, we're not gonna <laughs> continue reading them. If you want to chime in, you can go check out last week's question of the week. Okay, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. So Sarah's Tames Bears just kind of threw that little thing out there that like, oh, there's not, you know, it was a name I picked out when I was 17 and thought it was funny. And I thought most of us have that. Most of us have that email address or that AOL messenger name or something that we picked out when we were younger and we just rolled with it. We still use the email address and uh, there's a story behind it or there's a band you were super into or something like that. So we want to know what's your social media handle or email account name that you still use that you picked out when you were younger and it's pretty embarrassing. Tell us what it is and tell us the origin story of why you picked that name. That's what we want to know. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts or wherever you see us post the question and we'll read our favorites on next week's show. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank Zachary Levi for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new film, American Underdog, on Christmas Day and read the full feature with him in the digital issue of Relevant. The winter edition is out now, available for free at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. Uh, like you said, like you heard earlier, Andrew Garfield's in it. Denzel Washington's in it. Leanne Ford's in it. Zachary Levi's in it. Tons of amazing content. Don't miss it. Tell your friends. Post about it. Share it. Help us get the word out. The new issue of Relevant is here. Also, hey, you want to hold it in your hands? You want the tangible? Well, you can pre-order the annual print edition of Relevant. It's uh, available still for pre-order. It's going to ship in January. Uh, You can go over to relevantstore.com and it's available there for 20% off while it's on pre-order. You might want to go get that before the price goes up. And while you're there, check out our latest merch. We've got sweatshirts and podcast swag. And every Friday, we're up dating it with new designs and new gear. Um, don't want to miss it. Relevantstore.com, print edition, new digital edition, so much going on. Uh, also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials so you don't miss a thing. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make RelevantMagazine.com part of your daily web browsing. Why not? On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I am the psychotic Jesse Carey. <laughs> I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm surprised you didn't go, and I'm black. No, I'm <laughs> That's what I should have said, man. You got me, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend before Christmas, everyone.
listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. If this person isn't a child, they're likely a sociopath. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.